Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Tabitha Schieber. She is driving, determined, competitive, confident, responsible, inspiring, self-started, and enthusiastic. She has a strong orientation towards getting projects completed quickly and successfully while maximizing the performance of the team in the process. I have seen it firsthand. Hello, Tabitha. Hello, Mish. How are you? I'm dandy. How are you? So I've known you for, oh my gosh, how many years have we known each other now? Uh, at least five and we we knew each other from workshops we had yes. taken at different times yeah but that we both experienced and we can't talk about it top secret i'm sorry we can't tell anybody what we did can we no but we really amazing. can it's an amazing thing it's called exbility yeah it's an amazing process to go through but there's a reason why we can't tell you what we do because if you go do it, it has to be completely organic to you. Your own experience. Yes. We don't want to taint your experience by telling you what is to come. Just but, like you're doing with me on this podcast. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't told you anything. You're just here and going, what the heck am I doing here today? But the thing about that experience is it, it hits you on all levels. So Absolutely. if you're ready to grow, I mean, and really grow mm-hmm. and dedicate it to it, X-ability.com. There's a little shameless plug. Yeah, there you go. Well, because it, it was amazing life for changing. me. Yeah, life changing. Yeah, completely life changing. So yeah. it's it takes your, you take yourself on at all levels. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we knew each other from that. And now you hang out at Medici with me. Yeah. Because that's like where everybody is now. <laughs> the place to be. It's, it's the place to be. Um, but you have recently decided to go off on your own as Miss Entrepreneur and tell us what you're doing. So I started a company called Plus Delta 314, which is organizational change management, user adoption around technology. So that probably doesn't mean anything to a whole lot of people. <laughs> There's um, a reason for this. No. But I can explain it in layman's terms. Uh, if you've ever been at a company where you've been asked to use ne- new technology and the IT team just kind of says, here, start using this, and you felt really confused or frustrated or angry and didn't know where to go for help, um, that's what my company's designed to allevi- alleviate is that frustration and anger from the end user. So, Which is huge yeah. because how many times, I mean, nothing against our IT people, but they're not really people people sometimes. <laughs> Right? I think that a lot of them are actually people, people. Um, They uh, serve in a different way. They're maybe not communications people. And so they get really consumed with the details of what they have to do. And they forget that there's a lot of other ancillary things that need to be done. And maybe it's not that they forget. They know. It's just you don't have the bandwidth or the time to do it. Um, And so it's just, you know, it's supplementing that IT staff because... I love IT people, and that's one of the benefits I have is that I can speak IT and I can speak end user. So, so you're like the IT whisperer. Bilingual-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any particular technologies that you, I mean, do you work with the IT team first? What does it look like? So both. Um, I typically end up actually, I start usually with the business leader because the business should be the ones driving the technology initiative. So um, 
a lot of times, though, it has actually already gotten to IT. So maybe the VP of sales has said, you know, I know we need to put a CRM system into place. Um, they've gone to IT. IT has actually put the system into place already, and then they don't understand why nobody's using it. <laughs> um, or the salespeople are like, this is dumb. Like, we don't, we don't want to use CRM. And so a lot of times I get called in after the fact. So it goes both ways. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But it is hard to adopt new technologies because we get, I'm, we're just, Blasted with them constantly, Absolutely. right? You know, and 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 I, can, I mean, I know for myself, like just working with different clients, and like, well, we use this CRM, well, we use this CRM, and oh, we have this as our newsletter, and whoo, the things you have to learn, and you know, it it can really start to hurt your head after a while. Yeah, and that's why you need to rely on those IT people because that's where their area of expertise should be, um, and then you take it up that next level to the people who are like really good at communication. So. Gotcha. Yeah. And you're so good at project management. So I, I'm I'm always intrigued by people that are really organized. Because <laughs> I'm so not organized and I'm not process oriented. I have Jill who works with me and Jill keeps me <laughs> in yeah. that place. Because I'm all like, woo, all over the place. But um, were you always organized? Like, you know, were all your teddy bears in a row when you were a kid? Or? No, my mom talks about that my room was a disaster growing up. And I actually don't fancy myself organized. I just like put systems into place. So I have, maybe it's control issues or something, right? <laughs> um, so. So, uh, but she, yeah, so, so it's funny because now I have a five-year-old daughter and her room is a disaster and it drives me crazy. And <laughs> I like, yeah, yeah. And my mom just is like constantly pointing out. She's like, oh, it's like living with you when you were little. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I have to call her on a regular basis and apologize. So. I'm sorry. Well, isn't that what we do yeah. though? It's like, I see my daughter doing things. I'm like, Ooh, now I know how my mom felt, <laughs> right? you know? And, and, and so she's five. Yeah. All right. So, you know, the teenage years start earlier I, now. I don't want to hear. Yes, I already know. I, it starts like, with the eye roll. As soon as you get the eye late. roll. Yeah. She so, has, she has something She has something called the evil eye. Oh. Yes. And what she was, is this? Uh, well, I don't know if you can't see it on this podcast. If <laughs> I, I can, can describe it. Okay. Um, it's that evil, like, like I'm staring into your soul, oh. going to eat your heart out oh. any minute, sort of like come at me I'm gonna wow. go after yeah it's really it's it's epic so is this like <laughs> when we don't want to eat our if we don't get our or, way uh, I yeah. gotcha mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you're not gonna tell me what to do so <laughs> I don't know do you think she got that from anybody in particular I don't know maybe nobody maybe you know no? <laughs> <laughs> she's like a little a little me incarnate so that but that gives me great hope because that tells me that she will grow up to be incredibly organized and yes. on top of it and moving things forward and get, you know, and all those sorts of but things. But it's interesting because you're saying, oh, I wasn't organized, but that you, you figured out how to take that unorganized way and process it so that you could become organized. Absolutely. And I don't propose, like if you're not a process person, I don't propose that you follow the same steps or methodologies that I do. I think it's all about finding systems that work for you. Right. Um, and so that's, I think, where I'm a little bit different because in a project management world, it's very, here's how you project manage and here's the best practices. And those are great to learn from. But if it doesn't work for you, then... Um, it doesn't, you can follow, you won't, do you won't, it. You won't stick yeah. with it. Yeah. So I really try and, and teach and promote like flexibility. So sometimes a project might call for just a standard project plan. Sometimes it might just call for accountability. Sometimes it might call for more of an agile methodology. So it really, you know, you got to figure out, be able to read who the people are that are on the team and figure out what style works best for them. 
So with what you're doing, you're looking at personalities and skill sets and that's a lot. It is. Um, I think some people naturally can pick up on uh, other people's strengths and weaknesses. And so um, I think I'm blessed with that gift a little bit. So that's helpful. Um, but there are, you know, assessments out there like the DISC assessment. I don't know if you know um, Arch Snarzik yeah, and yes, Inner Art's Advisor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he has a one that I would highly recommend that's fantastic because it goes a level deeper and it says like these are the things that you're really good at and so um, especially if you get a team together and you want to you know maybe you don't have that kind of intuitive how people work um, right. thing that that's a really good way to get some some strong metrics to make some decisions about maybe what role should people have or how do you deal with them differently so and I, I do like and I think it's really important that and I see a lot of people going this way now that it don't don't try to make the person adhere to the system. Make a system that works for that company, that people. That because people do things differently. Absolutely. There's just yeah, that's just the way of the world, right? Yep. And if that weren't true, there wouldn't be a million books on how to you know seventeen steps to right. Everybody would just be able to pick up one, follow it, and get yeah. it done. And we'd all be really bored with each other. And there would be, be no like consultants. The there would be no consultants in this world. <laughs> Exactly. Because you could just read a book. So I think it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, I agree. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Tabitha. We're back with Tabitha Sheever and we're talking about systems and processes and putting it into place for companies and people and what have you. So is there a project you've worked on that you just thought at any time in your life that you just thought was so fun? Ooh, so fun. I was totally prepared to tell you that the hardest one okay, I've ever that done. That was so difficult. That's what I really wanted to ask. Thank you. <laughs> that was so challenging. Let's put it that way. No, yeah. I mean, I think we have to, if we can answer the fun question, because I think it's just about defining what's fun. So I am. I have the most fun when I'm doing something that's totally new and hasn't ever been done before. And because I, I find great um, fun in challenge. I find great fun in... Um, learning. So um, I would have to say that um, I helped start a mud run back when like Warrior Dash was just starting to become cool. So really? yeah, so I got the opportunity to help my cousins um, start this company called the Battlegrounds Mud Run. And so um, I had never, you know, really done anything like that before. And so I got to go like to all these different mud runs and learn how they did things and what best practices were. And I got to like actually go set up the course and oh I, fun. so it was a really unique interesting um experience but it's so funny because the same principles applied about really getting clear on what's in scope like what are you going to do what are you not going to do right um and then it, just in terms of accountability and execution and timelines and budgets and it didn't seem like it was um a corporate business kind of project and yet every corporate business kind of project that I've had since then really follows the same model. So oh, interesting. it was a great learning experience. So you take the corporation through the mud. 
And you can actually. <laughs> so the Battlegrounds actually has a, like um, a team. corporate team building oh, kind cool. of event thing that you can do if you're interested in that. So oh, how yeah. cool! Yeah, but that was like I, like I never thought that I would wake up one morning and instead of putting on high heels, I would put on rubber mud boots. <laughs> and I never thought that I would, um, you know, wake up and go. Today I need to learn how to make mud thicker but less sticky. Like I mean, these were like like the challenges we were trying to overcome. So to think about that's way interesting. So yeah. when you're setting up the course, if you think like, like how much water, how much mud, how I, do you I make guess that I never mud? Thought of that. I just thought, oh, you throw some water in no, there and mud you, happens. No, like so once you dig, like some of our pits were like twelve feet deep, and once you dig down, the mud actually becomes very. Um, just like almost like clay. So yeah. like real hard and real right. thick. So then it's like, well, do you put topsoil in? Do you put, you know, like, what do you do to make it like more of a muddy? So at the first people who ran through it, it was really super easy because everything was pretty packed down. Right Now that there's been years and years of people running through it, it's gotten real mushy and squishy. And that's the kind of like sucks your shoes off. And, <laughs> you know, but. Oh my gosh, I didn't. I know, right? Now Things you I don't think about. Now I have an entire new appreciation for mud runs. Yeah. I did not realize yeah. all this went into it. Well, and there's like huge safety concerns that you didn't, you probably yep. don't think about. So, I mean, that's what project management is about and plan. It's about planning and thinking about all the things that you didn't think to think about. Right. So, exactly. Um, you know, and you need to do that in any business. So, so that's your fun one. That's What's my your fun challenging one? one? Um, my most challenging one um, has actually been so a CRM implementation, and it was with a company that. Um, had a number of salespeople who didn't think that they needed CRM and um, didn't really have the, you know, the executive buy-in and or support necessarily oh, that yeah, we needed. Yeah, it makes it difficult. Yeah, and so um, it's really interesting because, so like I, I speak on user adoption a lot. Like I go to national conferences and, and everybody always comes and says, oh, you have to have executive buy-in and they like to like put the onus on the owners. And um, I've really preached the message of it's not the owner's fault. It's not the executive team's fault in turn, because as, as the people putting on the project, that's a risk we should have thought about. And we should educate them and we should help them be what they need to be for their employees because right. they've never gone through an implementation either. Right. So they need to, they need to be educated. And exactly. that's one of those things you don't think about. Right. Um, and so, it's, you know, it was just a project before I'd really thought about that. And so now I do a lot around like making sure we have executive buy-in and that the executives are trained on what they're expected to do and how they're expected to support. So um, that one was really tough though, because kind of once we had burned the bridge, like once we had already kind of like had a bad user experience, right? getting back that trust was an uphill battle. So, But it is, I mean, because I'm working with a client right now and, you know, the, their situation is the executives are going to buy into this in the, immediately because it's a time saver and it helps. It's the whole process thing and what have mm -hmm. you. And their issue was well, the people that are actually going to use it don't want to. Mm -hmm. Like there was pushback for about, you know, well, and I, and, and after looking, I was like, well, I think the people that are supposed to use it think you're taking their job away by automating things. Mm -hmm. and you're not taking their job away. You're actually making it so that their job can be better and they have more time to do other things that would make sense. So my suggestion was you, you gotta give them a certification in it. 
Like mm-hmm. if they're certified in it, now they they realize they're part of the process mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, we're taking y'all over. That's a good idea. I, you haven't, know? I hadn't thought about giving them a certification. Yet. That's a good idea. Well, and so, you know, it's one of those things where you're not taking it away from me. You're just, you're enhanced. Like, you know, yeah. you can got something to put on your signature and your email and you got something to put on your LinkedIn and you're like, I'm certified in this, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. and it helps them to be bought in. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're playing to that status yeah. motivator, which is a great idea. Yeah, I talk a lot about um, the what's in it for me. So helping to identify not why the executives want it, but why the people who need to use it should want to use right. it. And I always um, come, well, in a lot of the projects I do are, are CRM. So a lot of it comes back to what is the customer experience. And then this is then a tool to enable you to do your job um easier or more effective or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I always talk about like, I just have a really bad memory. So I got into CRM because I can't remember things and I got tired of feeling like an idiot, not being right. able to remember anything. No, that's right. Exactly so what there's it's just so for. much going on. And yeah. so like, that's the benefit of it to me. Um, so when you can find things like that, that gets people to buy in a lot. But the other really interesting thing is that I think executives go and think, oh, this is going to make us so much more efficient and it's going to be so much better. But nobody gives that person that time off work. They just go, great, I've made you more efficient so you can do more stuff for me now. And so that's something I actually train the executives on. Don't go and say, oh, we're going to make you more productive so that you can actually get more work done because most people don't want to do more work. Right, 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 yeah. (laughs) They will do more work if it's stuff that they want to do and it's stuff that they enjoy. So um, I've seen some organizations do cool things like if this improves your productivity by an hour, we're going to give you that hour to do some innovative things or to there do, you go. yeah, to do more like networking or collaboration type activities, um, more personal development things, right? So taking it back to that, what's in it for them? Not like we're just going to make you do more work so that the company gets more yeah, out of you. Right. It's just well, a bad and you message. Can bring <laughs> up the whole morale and energy level. I'm, I'm talking to a woman soon that's part, that they just, she was telling me that they brought in ping pong tables and they brought, and mm. she's like, and nobody's using them because I think they think it's a test. Like, oh. she's like, I think they think if we see you playing ping pong, we're like, mm, see, we always knew that they were going to fall down. <laughs> You know, and so they, she's like, so we want to bring in activities that will, like we're saying to everybody, no, we want you to do things that aren't work related at work, which will actually help you. Yeah. You yeah. Know? There's, I mean, there's tons of studies about productivity and your brain can only process so much yeah. for so long. And if you stop even for one minute and walk away. So there's lots of research out there that supports that. I would ask her, are they modeling it as the, as the, the, and that, well, that's what they want to do. They're like, yeah. we have to come up with a way to model this, to show them that this is actually what we do want you to do. We're yeah. not just putting it out there and, t- you know, there's not like a security camera <laughs> on the ping yeah. pong table to yeah. find out who's working and who's not. You know, but yeah. It's, yeah, like is the CEO down there, you know, playing ping pong at 10 o'clock every day for five minutes? I mean, right, that's it, that'd true. be a good model, yeah, right? That would be a good, it's something to ask. So I will ask that. Oh, we're giving each other good ideas. Yeah. Look at this. Let's do that's a podcast more often. Always what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take another quick break and we will be right back with Tabitha.
Okay, and we are back with Tabitha, and we are doing question time. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, your first question for today is, what was your first job? I worked at an alteration shop cleaning up uh, like thread and extra material and vacuuming and doing stuff like that. So my mom worked at an alteration shop, and then I would like come in on Saturday afternoons and like do all the cleaning for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you think your mom was like, please... Let's get this kid cleaning something. I think my mom wanted me to learn <laughs> sewing stuff. And so it was an opportunity for me to be there and see, you know, to try and like learn. So I, she has instilled in me the value of being able to sew. Um, and I love, love, love like making Halloween costumes. Do but you that's, really? But I only make Halloween costumes because it, it only has to last for 24 <laughs> hours. Because like, <laughs> if it were like an everyday thing to wear, yes. I wouldn't. Gotcha. No, that's, I'm not. Short term. Yeah, and my mom's an amazing seamstress and she like does people's wedding dresses and oh, like wow. does like hemp, you know, lengths on pe- men's suit coats and like really complicated stuff and she's amazing and I have so much respect for her. But wow, it's just cool. not my thing. I'm not that patient. An alteration <laughs> shop though. I love it. I love it. No, I couldn't be patient enough for that. Yeah. It would it has to be quick. I'm not good with crafts that take too long. <laughs> I'm not good with crafts. Yeah. But if I'm gonna do a craft, it's the same with games. Like I I can only do boggle, three minutes long. Oh. I can't like I if you say Monopoly, I'm like, oh yeah, no, Monopoly's this is a deal too breaker. much of a commitment for yeah. me. I can't do I that long of a game. <laughs> All right, so were you? Did you grow up in St. Louis? Yeah, pretty much. I was in Baldwin, Manchester area from about fourth grade on. So if you did not live in St. Louis at this time, where would you live? Mexico. Really? Yeah. What I, part? Um, Playa del Carmen. Really? Yeah. There's just something in my soul that tells me I'm supposed to be... Seriously, really? Mexican, absolutely. So tell me, I mean, you've been there. I have. Okay, and do you just feel at home when you're there? Yeah, it's just like, I just feel like I should speak Spanish and live in Mexico. I don't know why I always I have. <laughs> That's cool. Do you have Mexican heritage, maybe? No. That you know no? <laughs> no. Gotcha. I do have 13 and a half hours of credit in Spanish. So I'm like a half a credit shy of a minor, but I can't speak it. It's to not get your it. thing, languages. I, like I can't, uh, language is not, I mean, well, I mean, I know enough Italian to get around and I know enough Spanish to get around, but yeah, yeah. don't ask me to conjugate a verb. <laughs> I will not. We Sounds will not dirty, do that doesn't today. It? it does sound it, dirty. It doesn't like, Tabitha, this is a PG sorry. rated show. I'm sorry, you Just, can't. Don't be talking about that. (laughs) Okay. So you have a degree from the University of Central Missouri. Yeah. It is in Applied Science and Technology, Graphic Arts Technology Management. I do. If you went back to school today, what would you get a degree in? Psychology. Really? Yeah. I'm actually considering going back and getting my master's in psychology. That with what you do. Yeah. I really am fascinated by the way the brain works and yes. why people do what they do and what motivates people. And I would absolutely, like I've, I have actually applied for master's. I've been, uh, been accepted um, and they recommend that I take the organizational leadership ma- okay. degree. And I'm like, no, I really think I want a psychology degree. And they're like, do you know how scientific psychology is? So I'm still trying to figure out if I do psychology or organizational leadership. But gotcha. That's in my future. That's so cool. Yeah. I am too. I'm always fascinated with why people, why they're compelled to do something or why they're behaving in such a manner. And, you know, and I want to go back. I want to do like, 
what is in your childhood or what, you know, like what, because you know, you know how there's some people where they, they act childish in certain situations mm-hmm. and you're like, what happened when you were that age that kept mm-hmm. you stuck there that you haven't figured out yet? I love that kind of I have of another stuff. cool resource for you. Um, DrewandDawnFerguson.com. So she know, is yeah. not, like she is a hypnotherapist. Right. And she teaches a lot about um, your wounds and like that and your identity. And so she talks about like when you start to act a certain way, it's because there's something, some wound in your past and you need to identify like what those different identities are. I and totally believe that to be really the case. cool stuff. I have not, I know her. I haven't, I have not seen her in forever though. Yeah. Thanks for putting her back in my path because they're very interesting. They've been around forever doing this kind of work. Yeah. And she does a lot of research on psychology and, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy and those sorts of sciences of people who are way smarter than me who figure all this stuff out. And then I just read about it and tell other people <laughs> about it because I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So where can we find you in the digital world? I know where to find you at Medici, but in the yeah. digital world. PlusDelta314.com. And what? where did PlusDelta314 come from? So PlusDelta is positive change. And then 314 is obviously the St. Louis area code, but that's not why I picked 314. 314 is actually um, three nails, one cross for you. And so it um, pays back homage to, you know, my Christian beliefs and like, I do the things and want to serve people because of what Christ did for me. So it's this really cool name that like kind of pulls all of it together for me. Did it just show up for you or did you really think it through? So my husband and I were just like laying in bed one night kind of talking and like brainstorming ideas and he came up with Plus Delta and I just had this like feeling come over me that was like 314 was the no brainer. Um, so we, we combined them. And then he is doing um, custom Bronco restoration. So he's an IT guy, but he's actually doing custom really? Bronco re- restorations and his company is Plus Delta Customs that he does that under. So How cool. So we're Broncos kinda, are a thing. They're coming out with a new one in 2019. Like really? A brand new, yeah. But old Broncos. Yeah. You should move to Hollywood because they like to have those in movies. They sell, <laughs> they're like going for like $100,000. No, it's crazy. They're ridiculous. Yeah. But they're really cool. We have two. I had one a long time ago, and and it had two gas tanks. Okay. But neither of the little gas things worked. So I just had to keep filling them up all the That's time. That's hilarious. And, you know, but uh, that thing was, I would have, I actually could have used your husband then you because could, yeah. the thing broke down all the time. It was not an enjoyable thing. I need a car that just works. I'm not a real car person. Yeah. I just need it to have heat, air conditioning and some music. So I have a Hyundai Santa Fe that mm-hmm. just went over 200,000 miles. And it is like, it is my reliability baby. Like, I love yes. her. Like, I, like I'm like, you made it to 200,000 miles. So I had one. <laughs> I had the, okay, wait, now I've got a Hyundai Tucson, but I had the Santa Fe. And that thing went, so in my head, I was thinking, I will get a new car when this dies. And it, wouldn't would die. not die. That's I said. I'm going to drive it until the wheels fall off, and no, they just it won't. wouldn't die. Yeah. And then and every time I would take it, like it would have some little thing, and I would take it to the guy and go, "Huh, this isn't working." And I would think, "This is it." He's going to come out and say, "It's going to be like two thousand dollars." He'd be like, "Okay, it's going to be one hundred forty dollars." I'm like, "Really? That was it? <laughs> okay, this thing doesn't die." And then I finally decided I really did just want a new car, so I went and got it. But yeah. they don't die. 
That's what I, I got my daughter a Hyundai because I was like, this should last you through college at the very least, this yeah. thing. So isn't that funny? I know. What cool. year is your Santa Fe? 2009. Okay. Mine was a 2001. Which I do. I feel like from like a like an ego, like brand p- perspective, like I shouldn't be driving this like super old car, but I'm but, really kind of proud of it for like, like it. lasting no, that no, long. No, no, I have a thing about like, cars and making them last for a really yeah, long time. I, I never I like have it. before. Like I was very, like I used to be a status car kind like, of person. Oh, and, but 200,000 miles. I mean, well, so, <laughs> so I was totally going to and post it on my social media. Yeah. And I was at 1,998, right? And I was like, okay, it's coming. And I, While I, you're I, driving. Had, I had my phone out. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then like a song came on or something. And I totally oh, no. spaced. And I looked down and I was at like 2007. And I was like, Dang, or 200, yeah, 200,007. And I was like, totally missed that. Oh, missed that social media darn. opportunity. We should could have still could have done it and then said, well, here's a song came on. <laughs> Squirrel. So. Well, Tabitha, thank you yeah. for coming here today Thanks. and it's telling us all your amazingness. You. I love it. Love talking with you. Awesome sauce. I learned more about you than ever, which I love because. Even though I see all the time, I learn so much about people when they come on the podcast. Yeah. I learn more cool things. There's like 30 more layers to me, so we'll have to do this again. All right. We'll plan one soon. Love it. All right. Talk to you again. Thanks, Tabitha. Mm -hmm. Everybody out there, thanks for listening. You are listening to Mishmash. Subscribe on iTunes. Have awesome days.